How many of you glad you saved? Just say, way, amen. I was uh, speaking on the last two weeks. We started out several weeks ago speaking on the series Family Matters. And we began to dig into the heart of what it meant to be a family in Christ. And as we begin to navigate forward, Ken Bevel opened the doors of what it meant to be a godly father. Because I think from the standpoint of men in the home, that's the, the hinging point. Every, every single couple that I ever have premarital counseling with and every couple that I've sat down with, unfortunately, and had conflict resolution, I will always look at the man and say, it really hinges on you. Because in Ephesians 5.25, he says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. See, the reality is he doesn't call the women to love their husband that way. He calls the women in 5.22 to submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the home, even Christ the head of the church. So the, the predicated format of love is founded in that of a man to his wife in the same that it is from God from the bride of, for, to the bride of Christ through Jesus to us. So last week we covered this idea of the adoption spirit and what it meant to be adopted because as we look around the room today, we've all been adopted. The Bible says we've been given the spirit of adoption, capital S, Holy Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And we went through that name, Abba, which when coupled together with Father, shows the spirit of affection, much like we would say today, Daddy. It's, it takes an impersonal God that's out there in the cosmos that is creating, that is ruling and judging and reigning over the people, the sovereign God, and he brings him down to a personal, intimate level whereby we can cr- climb upon his lap, embrace him, and know him personally and intimately. Why? Because of the love that he gave through his son on the cross. The Bible says that Jesus reconciled us to God. That it was the righteousness of of Christ that was extended on the cross that made us righteous through him to God. But I said last week, and I gave you three or four points that kind of were requirements for the to have the spirit of adoption. And the first of which, and where we're going to part today, is the spirit or the heart of love. That it's truly that love that changes the dynamic between unholy man to a holy God. Amen? Aren't you glad of the love? For God so loved that he, gave the, that he gave his son. That he didn't just love. The Bible says greater love is no man than to lay down his life for his friend. But there was a greater love, a much greater love. And that was the love where one named Jesus, holy in all ways, God in the flesh, who would hang on the cross and say, forgive them for they know not what they do, that would actually love the unlovable, to love the ungodly, to love the sinner. For Romans 5 and 8 said, he pursued us in that while we were yet a sinner, he died for us. That's the love we're talking about. That's the love that adopts. That's the love that fosters a love that is changing the world before us. That's the thing. Let me me make this real clear. That's the thing that separates our God, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, that changes everything from our God to the gods of this world. Because, see, the other little g-gods of this world, they want to manufacture this thing that looks like our God, but it's really all about what you can do for them. That's why you see suicide bombers and people like that that are willing to die for their faith. The beauty in it is God did not call you to die for your faith. He asked you to live for it in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Why? Because he died for you. And yet he still lives. So today, I'm I'm so honored to be able to share that continuation of Family Matters through bringing out some amazing people in my life and in our church 
to help talk through this story of what it means to have a family in Christ. So I want you to welcome, if you will, my very special friends here at our church. Y'all come on out, guys. Y'all run on out. Y'all are way back behind the wall. They're all nervous. Well, Kyle's not. Y'all give it up for these families. This is Kyle and Nell Gooden and, uh, of course, Deborah and Jay Eubanks and family. Yeah, y'all go ahead. This is uh, Kristen and Craig Johnson and Scott and Mandy Batchelor and the clan. That's just what we call them, the clan. That is not a typo. That is really 27 children following Mandy and Scott. And then, of course, we have Miss Risa Price, uh, who is a dear friend of our ministry, a dear friend of this community, director over DFACS for uh, Upson and Pike County for a little bit longer. Then you're just going to have Upson alone, right? So y'all go ahead and grab a seat. I think we got some extra seats. So there you go. There's, y'all just grab a seat. What I wanted to do today was something that uh, I'm going to move this over. is to kind of unfold a story into what you guys may be thinking as well as it's what I'm thinking. And that's what does this really look like to be a foster parent? Because I submit to you that this is a picture of the heart of God. We saw that last week. But, but let's be honest. We can't all go and adopt a child overseas, which is why last week I exposed you to Holt International, where you can adopt a child by sponsoring him. But then there's this other part of this adoption spirit whereby we're not called to necessarily adopt, but we're called to offer a temporary care perhaps. Through the idea of fostering. Now we know, and you'll find out today, that sometimes that develops into something much more long term. And there are many more of our folks out here today that are also involved in this. But God just laid these couples on our heart today. So I wanted to go by way of questions and just ask a few. And I'm going to start a little bit out of order here with with Jay and Deborah Eubanks. And y'all can just chime in and share the mic. Is something that really kind of sparked upon my heart. And that is, why and when was it? That God first provoked you through a heart of love to even consider fostering. What did that look like in your life? Um, well, for, for us, it was it, it was a long time coming, Mark. Um, I'd had a calling on my life years ago, as far as back as ten years ago, to be a foster parent and um, to possibly adopt. But it was more fostering, and it, God really laid it on my heart. And um, at the time, it, it really the, the timing just wasn't right, and um, so I, I kept it in my heart and I just kind of suppressed it and kept, tamped it down. And it wasn't until years later, uh, probably this time last year, Deborah and I were sitting and talking. It was around Christmas, and we said, you know, we've got an extra bed in this house. We have two extra beds in this house. And um, I just finished reading a book, and it really weighed on me that I had all this extra space. And so I really hadn't said a whole lot about it. And Deborah looked at me and said, well, I'd want to be a foster parent one time. I really thought that's what I wanted to do, and I really think that's still in my heart. And it was like a flood of emotion hit me because I had been waiting on that. And God put her in my life to, to make that happen. And so in February, we kicked off the impact classes. And we just let it roll from there. And then by July 21st of this year, we had our first placement. And uh, they're, they're still with us today. Awesome. And let me just go ahead and make a note. The reason you will not see some of the children that they're talking about is there obviously there are those out there who would seek to exploit and seek to hurt and harm. And sometimes they even have to place children in foster care where the birth mother and father and or uh, may not know where they are for, for obvious reasons. So that being the case, sometimes you may not see the children up here with him, and that's why they're in the back, and uh, they're ruling everything in the back. It's They're rocking and rolling back there. 
Uh, Mandy and Scott Batchelor, as you can see, they have just just have a huge, huge heart of love. And, and just, I'll tell you, I'm amazed. I've been in their, their business, and, and I've watched them and, and what they do, and I'm absolutely humbled by their heart of love. And, and uh, it really is epitomized in someone like this. But, Mandy, just if you can talk to... What are, what's some of the main questions that you've been asked? I know y'all have been asked probably everything in the book, but give me a couple of them that just stand out for you, Mandy. Well, the number one question, and I'm sure that everybody else here has been asked, is how do you do that? How do you, my heart couldn't handle it. How do you do that? Well, how I answer that is we get more blessings than hurt. Um, just to see the kids' faces when they come in and, um, that you're, you know, you're able to give them love, give them a warm meal, because we don't have enough time up here to tell you basically what these kids come from. Yeah. And just to give them a warm home, a warm heart, a warm bed. Um, and the biggest blessing is, is when, you, when you hear these kids coming home from Sunday school and hearing them sing something that they've learned in Sunday school, um, that's what you feel like you can send them out with. If they have to leave, if they have to leave your house, that, that's what you're hoping to send them out with, something that, stay, that stays in their heart. Amen. Scott, would you add anything to that? I know y'all have been asked everything. and I mean, what's, what's the question that comes to mind for you? you know, it, I, I'll add on to what she just said. Um, you know, people ask, uh, how, how do you let them go? You know, I'm, I get too attached. Well, I mean, we're not cold-hearted. <laughs> we, we get real attached, and, and, and it's hard, but, but you got to remember the bigger picture is that, that you're helping this child, and, and you got to get past self to, to do what's best for a child that's needed and, and hurting. Now, how many of the children, and, and is, this, is this all of them right here? Missing one. Missing one. They're not even sure where he is, but anyway. Um, how many children do you have that are yours naturally and that yours are adopted and then also are foster? Can you separate and tell me how many you have of each? I have four biological children that I give birth to. Um, we have five that we've adopted, and we have two that we're in the process of adopting now. Y'all give them a big hand right there. Amen. Now, I'm going to go to Kyle and Nell Gooden on this next question, but I, I think that one of your daughters had already answered this too, so if you can pick out which one that is while I'm asking Kyle, I want to go from Kyle back to you guys for one of your children to answer this question too. Kyle. Um, from a standpoint of just what you guys do day in and day out, um, tell us ag again how many children you have, how many are fostered, how many are adopted. And then also, uh, I want you to answer this question. What does family mean to you guys? What does family mean? We have, we have three of our own. I have to think in my mind. I'll lose count. We had three of our own, Kylie, Grace, Luke, and uh, now Levi. And we have one fostered that we're hoping to progress towards adoption. Um, Family for us, for me, uh, is identity. It's it's something to be a part of. It's 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 a foundation of who you are. It's a place to find support, to find encouragement, to find correction when necessary, but a place that you can go and the people that you're connected to, that you just know at the end of the day, no matter what's happened, that you're loved. And so that's that's what it is. Uh, what it is to me. You want to add anything to that? No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. Okay. She told him before we went back there, you're in trouble, brother. Okay, on this side, what does family mean to you? What's your name? Okay. I did forget one child. I do forget them sometimes. I figured you would. I mean, no question. My daughter-in-law, Hannah. Hannah, okay. <laughs> Hannah, what is family to you? Y'all pass the mic back there to Hannah. Daughter-in-law. Yeah, Bethany. Oh, oh, Bethany. Okay, gotcha. Don't want to put Hannah on the spot. Yeah. Hannah, we're going to get you to sing that song in just a minute. You know what we're talking about. 
family is someone not necessarily someone who's blood related to you, but someone who loves and cares about you. Amen. Y'all give her a big hand. <clears throat> Craig and Kristen, I see you guys running down the road. You got a lot of things going on. What do you say to the person who says, I, I don't have time. You just don't understand. My schedule is too busy. What, what, do, you, what do you say to that? If we can split it up. Do that. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I think we had that thought process too when we started. Um, it, we may not have had time to foster, but uh, again, we had an extra bedroom in our home. Um, we have two that are adopted now, uh, one that we just adopted last October, and, um, and then we had a little girl with us, Dallas, that was with us for seven months. Um, but uh, I guess just um, we just... Forgot the question. How about that? You have a lot of kids. Let me redo it. Yeah. He's like, I don't even remember where I was. Where am I? Clark's Chapel? Um, I'm a little overwhelmed with all the kids, honestly. Um, Oh, don't have time. Thank you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I'd say maybe, uh, you know, because we've been in that scenario too, because not everybody, I believe, is is called to foster and, and adopt. And I think that's. You know, you need to kind of check your heart out and see. You don't need to throw yourself into something you may not be uh, totally dedicated to. But um, but for us, you know, I, I believe that we just open our home up, and um, and we've seen other people in this church that have that yeah. have not maybe not have fostered, but have have given a hug to somebody, or, or given a handshake, or a high five. And you don't really realize how far that goes. Yeah. Um, just being able to hug that child because uh, that child's really come from a broken home and um, maybe not used to someone giving them that much uh, respect or, or, or making them big. And uh, I think that means a lot to them. And I'm going to let Kristen kind of. And Kristen, before you, I want to ask you before I forget, why did you first consider adoption? Because your story's a little different, right? Mm-hmm. T- talk on that for two seconds. Um, I just want to say that just like God chose Mary to have Jesus and has each woman to have a child different ways. I'm so thankful that God chose us to adopt, that I can say though I'm weak and God is strong, that I can boast that I cannot have children because I would go through all that over again just to have my Luke and Andrew and just um, our testimony. But um, we were, we had our, we couldn't have a child, so we prayed about it and asked God for him to guide and direct us and lead us and um then God led us to um, Luke's birth angel, and um, I say birth angel because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have them. And next to Jesus, they love them more than anybody in this world. They can give them life and to say that you're unable to. But, um, but then we um, were blessed with Luke when he was a baby, one day old, and then uh, we got Andrew when he was two and a half. But um, we had always said we'd never foster and never do this, and be careful what you say you never do because through God, you can do anything. And um, I'm so thankful that he does ask you to step out of the, the boat and go with him and things you may think you might never do. Um, and I just think that, you know, if you don't feel like you have the time to do it, just step out of the boat and take the classes and just see where God leads you. Because when you do what God wants, you don't get tired. You have, he gives you the strength um, to do it. Amen. And with that, yeah, y'all give her a big hand. <clears throat> And I will say, I've known Craig and Kristen now intimately because they're my small group leaders, community group leaders that we have uh, two Sunday nights uh, of each month here at Northridge. 
and just to hear their story and to hear Craig. And it's a very emotional story. And, and I know that they've taken their journey through some of your lives who are, who are trying to have children and things of that nature. But just to see their heart broken to just, God, give us a child. And then God saw fit to give them one by way of fostering to adopt. So with that, uh, you mentioned a class. So I want to come over here to Risa Price for just a moment. Uh, Risa, I'm sure you could share every story in the book. Some you can't share. But um, maybe there's somebody sitting out here. I know my wife and I, we've actually taken the impact classes in two separate counties over the years. Um, and we still have not done the, the foster. But, of course, we did with, with Jeremy from Jamaica. And maybe that's why God prepared us for that. But speak to, to that if there's a next class coming up. What is, what is the impact class? What, what's required for somebody who wants to consider uh, adopting? Um, there is a class. It's called Impact. And it's a seven-week class that you go through. The next class is in February. Um, depending on, like right now, we're trying to get it changed to where that will be in Epson County because we do tend to train with other counties um, depending on the volume of folks. We would love to have a class um, of our own. But um, as far as the class and, and ways to help, folks don't realize that a lot of our foster parents, they need a break sometimes. So even if folks are willing to go through the class to be what we call a respite provider, you know, a day at a time or a weekend, you know, so that they can get a break, right. um, that is, is equally important at times. You're calling that respite. Yes. Respite. Okay. And um, right now we have 79 children that are in foster care in Epson County and then 39 in Pike County. Um, we do have we don't have enough beds for our children you know in our community so they are placed all over the state but there's lots of ways um, even just daytime to assist um, when like they have doctor's appointments sure. somebody that could help there's lots of ways that folks can help and how long is a class like the impact class is it weeks or is it a one night or how long does it take it's there's two different types sometimes we'll do a Saturday which is a long day but it's like four weekends or it's seven weeks at a time and it's an evening um and then once you do that then there's a home study that follows cool. um pretty intensive um you know but then there's after that then you folks can decide um you can decide you know what's best fit for you male female age range what's going to fit best mm -hmm. with your family mm -hmm. um you're going to get calls outside of that range as they all know but you can say no. You have That's a what choice. I was going to ask you. Like, if you have a family sitting out here that has, say, a five-year-old daughter, and they don't want to put a twelve-year-old young man in that home for right. just for obvious reasons, so they can declare that. Absolutely. Okay. And sometimes, even if you're approved foster home, if you have, you know, something going on, you you can say no, and that's not held against you, or you're not looked down. I mean, there's. You know, you have to do what's best for your family, and sometimes right. it's appropriate to say, hey, guys, we can't take any right now, which is fine. Right. Um, but, again, there's lots of ways. We have lots of relatives that come forward, um, just anyone that's willing awesome. to help. Jay and Deborah, maybe uh, how – Risa said something that kind of sparked, and I want each one of you to kind of give a, a, a kind of a quick one-liner to this if you can. How has this affected, uh, for those of you who have your – your own natural children how has it affected and impacted their life well I'm, I'm glad you asked that because the very first thing we did when we decided this was something that God was calling us to do is we sat down with Eli uh, because he's a very big part of this and he's he's our son and so we said Eli how do you feel about this 
And um, he was very honest. And he said, I'm, I want to I do it. I think it's a good idea. And, and the thing that moved me the most, and I get emotional about it when I, think, when I talk about it, because I read his little papers he wrote uh, during, the, during the home study. They, uh, they have even the biological children fill out paperwork. And I read his answers in the heart that this child had to give and to share us with another child or other children in our case. Uh, it moved me. And so uh, having the entire family involved in it was very important because the night that we got our two girls, we called him and said, here's what we're doing. Are you good with it? And he said, I'm good with it. And as I think he would admit it's been an adjustment for him because he's an only child. Mm -hmm. So there is an adjustment there. And it's not always easy because these children come to you broken. Yeah. Um, our children, the night we picked them up, they told us their names. And the very next thing they told us was the three things they hated the most. And one of them was church. Wow. And um, they're here today. They're in the back. Yeah. And they call it singing church. That's what this church is. Amen. So uh, they, they enjoy it. And uh, we just thank God for that and for God pouring into their lives Amen. as well. So your whole family being involved and, and signed on to it is extremely important. Let's, let's be uh, real because I like real. I like transparent. Um, what's Mandy, if you can give it back to me. Mandy or Scott, either one. What's, uh, what's the hardest part, being just real brutally honest, what's the hardest part about uh, foster parenting? <laughs> I surprised she didn't jump at this one. Probably, probably schedules, um, when you, especially when you take on as many as we have. Um, but you know, really, what's one more? <laughs> yeah. It's just the day-to-day -day schedules. Um, I mean, when you run into to gymnastics or soccer, or, yeah. uh, trying to run a business and doing your regular work, Okay, that's probably the toughest part for us. And, um, and arguing, I mean, this, this, I mean, I guess we all deal with that, but just arguing in the household. Yeah, we do, we don't in my house. That's just, just in your house. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have any of that. Um, Kristen and Craig, because of Dallas um, being in your life, being in our lives, um, how hard is it that that came up earlier? How hard is it? And this may be difficult for you guys to talk about. It's very fresh. But how hard is it when you do get attached to have to say? Okay, it's time for him to, to go back. Well, you asked a good question. Um, it's tough um, when uh, I think when, when you do release them like that, you you pour so much love into them, which I, I know all of you would as your own children. You pour in your love to them, and, and uh, you want them to grow up like your children. You um, just try to bring them up in church and, and love on them, but a lot of times we're we may not be called to carry that child out. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's something we have to trust in God for. And that's what we're trusting in God for right now because we're yeah. going through that right now. We're not sure if we may get her back or not. But we're trusting in what God wants to do for us. And, and to lose her um, for a short time that she's been away, it's, it's been rough. I mean, it's, uh, um, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I was crying. It was like uh, just a water faucet running through my my eyes and everything I couldn't hardly speak and um, but you know she's I thought of her as a daughter and uh, loved her as our own daughter and uh, we're seeing where God's leading us with that because uh, she possibly could come back amen and uh, and then finally Kyle uh, and Nell what's something that uh, just kind of off the cuff that you may want other people to know that they may not know about fostering uh, what's what's just something that may be an unknown fact that you've dealt with or something you just like to, us to know? Well, for so long, um, we, we never really considered fostering. We, uh, we were interested in adopting, and we were going through the impact classes. Uh, and if I could tell you one thing, the impact classes are amazing. 
I wish that every parent could feel the impact. There's so much valuable information that you don't even think you don't know, and you don't even think you don't need, but it's really, really great stuff. It's, uh, it was an incredible experience. Um, but through the process of impact, we, uh, the, the situation of adoption we were kind of looking at kind of fell through for a while, and we were laying in bed one night, and I looked at Mel, and I said, what are your thoughts on fostering? And she said, I'm glad you asked, because I want to talk to you about that. And so it, it opened up that uh, dialogue for us. But I guess if there's going to tell you about it, you may not know. Um, it's not as hard as you think. Yeah. It doesn't take as much as you think. It, it seems so big, and it seems like it's going to take so much out of you. And, and it is work, and there is effort involved. Uh, but it's not as, as daunting, and it's not as big as you think it is. Um, it is so rewarding. It is challenging, and it, is, uh, it uh, can take a lot out of you at times, but I promise you that it will put so much more back into you. Um, it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel. Amen. Looking at Romans 8 and just that doctrine of adoption and, and uh, the idea that, uh, that we're still, you know, as being led by the Spirit, we're sons of God, and that we've been given the spirit of adoption, and that's been granted to us uh, really was huge for me. And then to have a foster child and to, to be a part of that picture of the gospel was, uh, is huge for my, it's huge for my life. It's, uh, it's, it was an opportunity for us with Kylie and Luke to give them a picture of the gospel. And uh, so I guess if I could tell you one thing that you may not realize, it's that it's not as hard as you think, and it's not as big as you think, and it doesn't take as much as you think. It just takes willingness and love. And uh, most all of us here that have kids already are equipped with willingness and love. So uh, I would just, I would ask you to just consider, really entertain the thoughts. It's not for everybody, but it might be for you. So confront that idea, think about it, pray about it, and entertain that thought, can I do this? Would I be interested in this? And if you're not interested in being a full-time adoptive or a foster parent, respite is so huge, I can't, echo enough from everyone on here how big a need that is because it's not just that we get tired or exasperated or need a break which does happen at times but sometimes we need to go out of town or when there's a death in the family or a wedding or something that requires us to travel sometimes it can be difficult to get the approval in time to do that especially when it happens off the cuff and uh, our respite parents are such a huge part of the foster system and we're mm -hmm. so grateful and, uh, but it's funny that everyone I've ever seen that steps into respite uh, <laughs> usually ends up going further with it because they do see the impact it makes. So yeah. I would just challenge you to consider it. Just by a sh show of hands, how many of you guys out here have gone through impact training or foster parenting in any fashion? Y'all lift them up real high. There's your respite folks. Y'all get a good eye on them. You can call them. And, no, I'm kidding. How many of you guys have fostered a child before? Awesome. Y'all give those guys a hand. Amen. Um, before we, I'm going to get the band to come back up. Before, one more thing before we, before we move on or close out today. Um, one of the things that Scott and Mandy uh, did there, uh, what's your title for the county and for the several counties? What's y'all's title? Uh, I'm actually the, the Region 4 uh, AFPAG representative. Okay. And that covers, what, is it 12, 14 counties? Wow. And then some of the bigger counties too, like Henry, Clayton, not, not Clayton. Henry Fayette, Caida, Spalding. Okay. Um, One of the things that Scott and I began talking about last year is he, he, he and I began talking and they needed a place to do the uh, foster um, 
Christmas party, foster uh, child Christmas party. So we opened up uh, our church up on the ridge, and it worked out perfect. We decorated it, and I think they brought in a, a Santa, and we had pictures and had all this kind of stuff. And then we had to throw all the pictures away because we didn't know we couldn't take pictures. But anyway, um, so you won't see it on Facebook. But that's December the 9th. What time is that? Six o'clock. Six o'clock up at the ridge. Um, so what, what day is that on? Friday. Friday. So if you'd like to be a part of that, also, we, we buy all the gifts for them, for the kids. So if you'd like to be a part of that in any way, I know a lot of churches adopt children and do this and that, and we certainly do that. We're always looking for needs. But if you'd like to be a part of that and getting gifts, uh, Mandy and Scott will be out at the table. Um, or where's Doug Riddick? Doug, Doug in here somewhere? Doug, Doug, if you will, just wave your hand at us one more time. If you would like to make a specific donation directly to that. Uh, you can make it out to Northridge Church, but give it to Doug and say this is for the uh, foster parent Christmas. We buy them. Every bit of that goes to to give them a great, great Christmas. Last year we had a ton of gifts. It was awesome. We had a lot of snacks. If you'd like to be a part of that. Um, but then just one final thing, just uh, kind of looking at these folks here. I, I want to say from, from your church to you that we're holding your arms up. Um, we believe in what you're doing. Uh, I do as a pastor because I believe that this is, as, as Kyle said, this is a picture of the gospel. That God pursued us and while we were yet sinners. He didn't wait for us to get our life in order. He didn't wait for us to clean it up. And uh, I just want you to know, as look out, that, that these guys are going to be praying for you. And we just want to say we love you and we're thankful for taking a stand uh, in, in the stead of Christ and making up the gap. So we love you guys. Y'all give them a big hand. Y'all, oh yeah. I just want to say that I might get nervous up here, but if you have any questions, I could talk to you all day. So I would be glad to, you know, to answer any questions that someone might have. Amen. And with that, I'm going to excuse all of these folks to let them go back to their table. And if you have questions or anything like that, uh, yeah. It went dead. Cut them back on. Let's try this one. I, I just want to tell a little bit. We got an association that meets once a month. And actually, it's just a real close group, uh, knit group of us. That it, I mean, it's more like a family, really. Uh, we meet once a month, and and that's just been really, uh, uh, I guess, a foundation of, of a support that that we all need, and it's really helped us out. We we also got a class starting in February, and we're gonna have a sign up sheet in the back if if anybody's interested in doing that. Very cool. Y'all give all these guys a big hand as they dismiss. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're wondering, you know, what God is saying to you. There's two verses of scripture that I always lean on. Uh, anytime I'm talking to someone about a calling on their life, it's the verses that God gave me when he called me to preach. Because I asked an old gentleman one time who was a pastor for some 50 years. He was in his 90s. And I said, what do you think I ought to do if I think I'm called to preach? He said, run. <laughs> run fast in the other way. And, and I say that in gist, but I also say... That this too is not for the faint of heart. It's not something to just jump into on a whim because it is incredibly difficult. And it is not for everyone. The beauty in the body of Christ is that each of us has a part, a specific part. That when coupled together brings about a beautiful, beautiful story that God is writing through our lives and through his church. So two verses, I want you to jot these down. Three really. The first one is of course James 1.27. James 1 and 27. And I'll just paraphrase this verse it's pure religion it's undefiled before God is when you and I care for the widows and the orphans 
Do you know God says more about caring for widows and orphans than any other people group ever? That that's our role. Our job is to care for them. And that, that as he goes on to say that, he says, and if in doing so, refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is a protective mode. But then the other two verses I want to give you real quickly are Philippians, and I don't have these to throw up. Philippians 2 and 13 says this. It is God that works in you both to will, to do and to will. I'm sorry. It's God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God that's working in you to have a desire. If you're, if you're being stirred in your spirit right now to do something, maybe just to find out more. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13 that it's God that placed it there. It's not in our flesh to want to do more. How many of you know that? Because we don't need more to do, right? But if God puts something in you, Philippians 2.13, then Philippians 1.6 is the one that I would cap that off with. Being confident. Everybody say confident. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will also complete it in Christ. So Philippians 2.13 says he started a work in you. Listen, that work today may not be about fostering or respite care or adopting. That work in you may be to sing. If there's a desire in you to sing, then no one in the world should be able to close your mouth. You should be singing everywhere. The psalmist said, I put a new song in his heart. Sing if you're called to sing. Sing. Maybe God today is impressing upon you to to serve in some capacity. Maybe you'd like to come in and, and find out how all this stuff gets set up and broken down. And that's just your, that's your thing. And you feel compelled. Then God placed that in you today. Maybe you have the ability to play an instrument. And you love to do that, but you're terrified about getting in front of people. That's awesome because that shows your humility. Come and speak to Keith and find out how you can get plugged in with, with singing and playing. Maybe God is nudging you today. And I'll just go all the way to the end of the spectrum here. Maybe God's nudging you today, young man, about sharing the Word of God in the way of preaching or missionary. Nothing would tickle me more than to find out that one of our young men accepted a call to preach the gospel. I know Caleb has shared with me that God has been speaking to him, and he's not really sure what that looks like. Caleb's Zolman, and he's just, just searching God's heart. And you can see it all over it. It's there. Sometimes you just got to navigate through it. Amen. Look, your verse is 1 6 of Philippians. He'll finish it. Maybe there's a young lady in here today that feels compelled to do something in the mission field or to teach something. Maybe there's a woman in here that wants to speak at the women's meeting. Guess what? It's tomorrow night. Find Sherry. Where's Sherry at? Find Sherry. I guarantee you, if you tell her you got a story that God wants to share, tell her she'll, she'll, she'll be encouraged. She'd love for you to share that story with the women. Women, you need to be a part of that ministry because it's going to make you better. But above all those things, maybe God today is nudging you to accept His Son and the finished work on the cross. Maybe you don't know that you're saved today. Maybe you're living like I was in 1992. I lived a hope-so gospel. I say that because I remember... Like it was yesterday. I was raised in church. Had great parents who my mom read the Bible to me every night. And we prayed together. But I missed it. It wasn't her fault. It wasn't the preacher's fault. It was my fault. I missed it. 
1992 when I just kind of hoped I wasn't going to hell if I died and I hoped I had Christ in my heart and I was a pretty good guy the Holy Spirit reached down into my bankrupt soul and he said I want to save you today that was Philippians 2.13 he nudged me and I prayed and I invited Jesus into my heart and you know what he's still today finishing the work in me he's not done with me yet he's still fashioning me into who he wants me to be. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over the room today. How many of you could say, Mark, I know that I know that I know that if I died today, I'd spend eternity in heaven. I know that I'm a child of the king. I want you to lift your hand up. Hold it up high. No one's looking. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. There's some hands that have not gone up. You can put your hands down. Please don't be sitting there today thinking you have next week or next month that you'll get it settled before Jesus comes back. The Bible says no man knows the day of the hour. But he's going to come in the twinkling of an eye, a millisecond, and he's gone. And the door's closed forever. So I want to invite you today, if you're being nudged by God, that's a calling. He's calling you. Calling you to himself through the spirit of adoption. He wants to adopt you and make you a child of the king today. Would you pray with me? Right here right now from your heart to God just pray something like this Father in heaven I am a sinner I have failed you I believe in Jesus Christ that he died on a cross for me and for my sin so today Lord Jesus I ask you to save me be the Lord of my life and help me to live for you until the day you call me home Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's not a magical prayer, my friend. That's just a prayer. You don't have to pray those exact words, but if you pray something like that in faith, then by His grace today, you have been born again. But I wonder, would you be so bold without any personal debate or hesitation? If you prayed today and invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life, lift your hand right now and say, Yeah, Mark, I prayed that prayer, and I invited Jesus into my heart. God bless you and you. Anyone else? Just hold it up real quick and back down. I'm looking. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? God bless you, little one. Here's what I want you to do. There's some wonderful folks down front. I, I would like to get a couple of ladies down front, though. If a couple of y'all would, ladies would come down front that's willing to pray for somebody. Sherry, if you will, that'd be great. Somebody on this side. Deb, if you will, just walk on down. I, I see you first. So I'm just, I can't see up here very well. Here's what I want you to do. If God has put any kind of burden on your heart or if you've asked Jesus to save you today, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to testify or say anything. But here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like for you to come down here and just shake one of these folks' hand. I'll be standing in the middle and just say, hey, today I invited Jesus into my heart. What do I do now? If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. If you need a devotion, we'd give you one. If you need help, if you need conversation after today, we'd love to offer that to you. But more than anything, we just want to celebrate your decision today. So if you prayed and invited Jesus in your heart, when I ask everyone to stand, I want you to just come. But for the rest of you, maybe your, your life is a little sketchy right now. Your spiritual walk has been better. Maybe you're searching for that thing. I want you to know that God has that thing in mind, and He's already given it to you. He's already spoken it to you. So here's what I want you to do today. In the spirit of cooperation, meaning that God has nudged you, and now you're taking your first step. I want you to just come and shake my hand and turn around and walk away. You don't have to say a word. If God has spoken to you today in some kind of way about anything, I want you to just come while we're singing and shake my hand. 
I want you to come now. On the count of three, everyone stand. And if God has impressed upon you to do anything, I want you to take a step forward. He'll take the second and the third. One, two, three. I'll stand. Just walk. Just come down for it. If your marriage is struggling, I've seen marriages healed in this very room. If your children are running away and on the outside, God can bring them home. If your finances are upside down, we can show you how God can turn that around today. So whatever God's impressed you to do, don't just stand there. The doors of our church stand open today. If you'd like to be a part of Northridge Church, man, we'd love to have you be part of our family. They're going to sing. You guys come. Whatever God's impressed upon your heart, y'all come. You are good. true today. God just spoke to my heart as Pastor David was talking to me. There's a gentleman in this room that is about to fold up right before right before God right here. I want you to know God heard your cry. God just spoke to me and said there's a man in this room that needs to know that I've not given up on him. Sir, I don't know who you are. I don't know what condition you're in. You might, your faith might be stronger than ever. But God just wanted you to know that he's not giving up on you. So I wonder today, sir, if that's you. Might be many of you. Come and just shake my hand and turn around and walk away. Whatever that is that's going on in your life. Young person today, you want to give your life over to Christ fully in service? Come. Whatever it is, one more verse, y'all come. 